Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the new season of Liner to Left. I am Tyler Gallo, your new host of this podcast, and with me is my trusty co-host, Colby Sherwood. Colby, thanks for joining me, and welcome to Liner to Left. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Robert Morris Softball has gotten off to a pretty interesting start to their season this year. They have played to an 8-8 eight eight record, which is not too bad. It's better than you know we thought they would be in their first Horizon League effort. They uh, took... They took all four from North Carolina Central. They took one of four from Howard in D.C. And they split the series with the defending Horizon League champions in Detroit Mercy. And they took one of four from Green Bay. Now, as the team gets ready to head into a single-day doubleheader with Cleveland State on Tuesday and then a four-game weekend with Oakland, there's a lot to like this team. There's a lot to, that the team needs to work on a little bit. Uh, Colby, what's the one thing that you've noticed through these first couple of games? How the, like what, what has been the, the name of the game for this team through the first couple of weeks? I would say their offense. They seem to really get on the board fast. They score a lot of runs. We've seen 13 runs for this team. We've seen eight runs. We've seen a lot of them scoring a lot of runs at high volume. So I think that's their strength. Pitching-wise, I think it could be a bit better. We've seen them give up 10. We've seen them give up 13. I, I think – it. There's, there's some some stuff to improve on. Right, and you mentioned uh, in your preview that's going to go out soon, the consistency in this team is just not there right now. We've seen dominant outputs on offense from them and dominant uh, outputs on the mound from them in some games, and in some games they just don't really have it. Uh, so the the main thing is right now, let's take a look at the last two series. So first let's take a look at Detroit Mercy, their first home series in the Horizon League against the defending Horizon League champions. And there was a lot to like in this series, especially in the two games they lost. Now, in the two games they lost, they lost 3-1 in nine innings, and they lost 2-1 uh, against one of the best pitchers in the Horizon League in Liz Murphy. And Liz Murphy, uh, I talked to Coach Varner after one of the games, and he said she single-handedly pitched them to the Horizon League tournament a few years ago and last year. So, And Dana Vitekis went toe-for-toe with her, um, and she's been very, very good this season. There's been a lot to like about this team thus far, Colby. Yeah, uh, Dana is the, has the best year on the team at three and eleven. She is three and four in the year, but I think that's more to the defense not being the best sometimes. And sometimes it's kind of hard in a new conference, which we've seen with a lot of the teams here in RMU, that it's hard to go from the NAC, which isn't I I don't want to say the worst conference, but it's not the strongest conference to the Horizon League, which is middle of the road. So the competition did get better, I would say. Right, and they weren't even the greatest team in the NEC either, softball. They they came over, they were once again a middle-of-the-pack team, and not, not the best team, but now in the Horizon League, they're looking a little bit better. Granted, they had a tough series against Green Bay. We'll get on that a little bit. But uh, I'll talk about the second game of the series against Detroit Mercy. Offense firing on all cylinders. They outlasted them in only just five innings, beat them 8 nothing, mercyed them. Uh, there's Like we said, a lot to like about this team, especially going toe-for-toe with one of the best teams in the conference and not looking bad in either of the games. Now, Dana Vitekis did pitch herself into a little bit of trouble in the, in the games that she lost. She got she was the hard luck loser. You can say that in uh, these two games. But heading into the, they had momentum heading into the series with uh, Green Bay after losing five or winning five three in the second game. Uh, Madison Riggle, by the way, the only Colonial to homer in the Detroit Mercy series. Uh, but as they carried over to Green Bay, just not a great not a great effort in these first three games. Uh, they lost 13 to nothing in the first game. They got a rude awakening. And then the other ones were 5-2 loss, 9-2 loss. And then they won 6-5 today with a nice comeback in the late innings. Yeah, uh, uh, I say in my preview that it's a shellacking by Green Bay on when they lose 13 to nothing. Um, 
you know, uh, again, it's just inconsistency with a lot of that with a lot of the teams here. And when they join the Horizon League, uh, you can put this to baseball and the Pirates and a lot of their playoff runs. They didn't have a lot of consistency, which ended their playoff runs. So I, I still have faith in this. I would say they're like the football team with me. I still have faith. Uh, I think they have good coaching and they definitely can get there. Right. And one thing we've noticed about this team thus far is just how freshman driven, freshman oriented this this team is. I mean, think about it. Uh, Jane Garver on the mound. She is a freshman. Uh, A lot of their offensive players are freshmen. They only have one true senior on the roster in Atlanta, York, and they have two graduates in Natalie Higgins and Madison Riggle, who have been stars on this team, and that's what you would hope for, especially from Natalie Higgins, who's had a great start to the season, Colby. Yeah, with Natalie Higgins, she has the best batting average on the team with uh, 400. She has uh, 21 RBIs, and she has a really good fielding percentage. She's top of the team with it, uh, 950 fielding percentage, which you don't see a lot uh, in college softball. It's kind of hard to get that. Right. She's been a pretty locked down left, or right fielder excuse me, for this team, uh, and they're the players you hope to lead this offense, but another player that uh, has caught my eye a little bit is um, Erica Bell. She's been she's been having a pretty you know under the radar good season, batting two ninety five on the year. She's got no home runs, but she's got seven RBIs. And behind the plate, she's a pretty good catcher. Um, and she's been she's just been very good for this team. She's been driven in some clutch runs. She did it a couple times in the in the Detroit Mercy series. We won't talk too much about the Green Bay series because <laughs> there's not much more to say because we weren't there. Uh, it was in Green Bay, but. You know, this team has a lot of potential, and especially as these freshmen come in and get used to playing, like uh, Catalina Saxon, Julia Araman, all these players that are that are new on the roster, they're going to get more chances to shine on the offense. Um, I, I actually had two players I think that ha- have had a pretty good season. First one is Brittany Seibert. She has a uh, th- .33 batting average. Another great fielding percentage with .896 and a slugging of 500. And then Charlotte Grover for me on has drove, uh, drawn six walks, which is top of the team with that. I think they can definitely continue to get this offense. And as you said, from the freshman, which that's really big for you. If you can get your freshman to step up and produce for you, it's going to be a lot easier for next year and years on to continue with these young players. Right. And if you look at the pitching staff, they haven't been bad at all. Uh, Dana Vitekis and Rachel Reinhart both have ERAs under four, and um, both of them have pitched really, really well, especially Vitekis. She's, I mean, she's the best pitcher on this team. There's no doubt about that. But when Madison Regal came into these games to relieve, relieve um, Dana Vitekis, she looked pretty strong as well. Now, as we head forward, there's one player I'm going to focus on, one of the freshmen that hasn't played too much, but she had a couple of clutch hits uh, Avery Winchell, she had the sort of, you know, the, the quote-unquote walk-off hit in that one eight nothing game that ended it, uh, the, the Mercy. And she's only batting two fifty six on the year, uh, or excuse me, she's batting two thirty one, But she does have, you know, she does have four RBIs, and she's not starting too many of the games. She's started 12 of 16, and she's just been pretty good. It's been, it's been a solid year for this team thus far, but now they're heading into a pretty tough opponent in uh, Cleveland, or a pretty, you know, not too, not too great, not too good opponent uh, of Cleveland State, a team that they've actually they're pretty familiar with. Yeah, uh, they didn't play obviously last year due to COVID nineteen, but we did see them take the field in twenty nineteen. Uh, they actually had a split series the last time they both played each other here in Moon Township. Uh, I think the one thing we were talking about consistency with RMU. That's another thing with Cleveland State. They don't have a lot of consistency, and it's hurt them eight and twelve on the year. They can turn it around, but they definitely need to pick it up. Right, and uh, we'll take a look at the you know the historical series with the Vikings uh, in the last 
in the last uh, 14 years, they've played 17 times. So no stranger to these guys are uh, is the softball team, and the Colonials have you know pretty much been back and forth with them. They're, they have a seven and ten record all time against them, so they have split a lot of the games. Um, but you know a lot of these players also haven't had to experience those games against them. So it's going to be all these teams are going to be new in the new conference, but. Luckily, they have a great coach in Jex Varner who's been around the team for so long. I mean, he inherited the team after being an assistant to um, to the last guy that's here, Coleman. So uh, he's been and he's been driving this team in the right direction, I think. And uh, this is going to be a very good test for this team coming up. If they can knock out Cleveland State, they could finish. I could say I could see them finishing in the top five of the conference this year. Yeah, uh, I was just looking at the pitchers, and somebody for RMU to look out for if she does pitch is Taylor Burtz. She leads uh, Vikings with the ERA at 298. That's pretty good. Uh, looking at college, that's it's it's tough to have a low ERA just because right. you're inconsistent pitching and you're facing different levels of competition, especially if you're in the Horizon League, which isn't the toughest. So you're gonna play like those like the bigger teams that want to like shellack you i guess <laughs> you love that word i, I gotta keep bringing that you gotta word keep in. bringing it up yeah well cleveland state um has a pretty solid roster now they're 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 pretty much i mean they're basically a prototype of rmu that you can they're a carbon copy of rmu excuse me i mean through this season they scored 83 runs in 20 games which is oh about four runs per game uh this season and you know they, they but they, their batting average is the biggest thing that's been a problem. They have yeah. not gotten those hits. They're only batting two twenty five as a team this year. So with the great pitching staff that we've seen for the Colonials, they could capitalize on the tough batting average for this team. Um, take a look, the best hitter on this team. There's two hitters that are far and away the best on this team, and it's uh, Sidney Bayush and uh, Taylor Duncan. I definitely mispronounced the first name. <laughs> uh, they're both batting over 340 on the season, but they've been the you know the lifeblood of this offense. Sydney Bayush has three home runs. Taylor Duncan doesn't have any, but she's driven in 11 runs, and she's leading the team with a 345 batting average. Yeah, uh, they're kind of – the one thing that's different about them is Cleveland State's kind of freshman – or senior and junior driven. Their seniors and juniors kind of lead the way with them, and you said Bayush, I think, is how we're going to say her name. I have no clue how you say it. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> and Duncan, they've, they've really hit very well. Uh, Bayush, four walks. She's uh, stolen four bases, excuse me, which that is uh, fourth or tied for third on the team, which, again, stealing bases is a very big thing. If you can get that going, that that's a great thing to get runners going and in scoring position, but... They have a very low on-base percentage in general with uh, .293. Yeah, below 300. That's a tough yeah. uh, on-base percentage. But uh, one thing, uh, Bayush is going to be my player to focus on this series because she's got 12 extra base hits this season out of her you know, nine, or out of her 23 total hits. That's, almost, that's more than half of her hits coming of the extra base variety. But, you know, going down, that's a very it's a very top-heavy lineup with Taylor mm-hmm. Duncan and Sydney Bayush leading the way. And then, you know, Ali Pakish is hitting at a 273 clip. But going down the line, it's a lot of players that aren't, you know, getting on base, getting these chances to hit. So if there are, if RMU can co- capitalize on the good, the good pitching that they have, and just, you know, stri- shut them down, it's 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 going to be tough for the for uh, for the Vikings to get on the board in these series. Yeah, for for me, it's kind of interesting to just look at this lineup because we're saying they're averaging four runs a game, which is nothing to like sniff at. That's pretty good, but like they have about five players that have hit a home run this year. They have a lot of players on this lineup that aren't even batting above the Mendoza line. Like, <laughs> this is this is pretty interesting to see because, 
I just I figured they'd had a better offense than what what's showing up on the stats. Right, and so the player that I'm gonna look the the, ma- the matchup I'm gonna look for in this game, this first game, we'll get to the Oakland series after this to preview because it's a week of series, so you gotta look yeah, at that. Yeah. Um. So the pitcher that the pitching matchup in the first game will likely be Dana Vitekis. She took the mound for the first game against Detroit Mercy and went toe for toe with Liz Murphy, as you saw. They they pitched. She pitched nine innings of one run ball and then she gave up two runs in the ninth. Uh, Tori Jenkins, freshman, has gotten the brunt of the pitching, uh, the the brunt of the pitching this season. She's pitched in seven games. She started three of them. She's two and two with a 4.63 ERA, and she's only struck out four batters all year long. So the the stats are a bit incomplete on the website here. I'm not sure who yeah. else pitches for this team. I mean, you mentioned somebody else earlier in the show about who is pitching, but yeah. Tori Jenkins is going to be the one that we're probably going to see most often, either whether it's coming out of the bullpen or starting the game. Yeah, so for me, my players to watch for the matchup, Natalie Higgins obviously leading the way offensively, pretty good defensively. <laughs> so for me, she's who you got to watch out for. And for uh, Green Bay here, or Cleveland State, excuse me, I'm going to say Sidney Bayouche, uh, just two powerhouse offensive players, and I think they're going to carry the series scoring-wise. Yeah, so let's uh, so all right. Let's make our score predictions for the series. So I'm thinking, you know, you already have yours in the preview, yeah, so I'll yeah. let you say yours. But I think game one, and I think the Clones are going to sweep this. I think this is a nice sweep opportunity to gain some momentum heading into a series against a good opponent. In um, we'll, we'll take a look and see how good they actually are in Oakland. I think the first game goes uh, six to three in favor of RMU with a couple, maybe a couple of home runs. This is a team that hasn't hit a lot of home runs this year, but they've got a couple. And uh, and then they're going to win the second game. I think it's going to be a bit closer, but I think they're going to win it 3-1. to one. Yeah, for me, my first game, I always think that uh, conference games are always close. Uh, you take out that Green Bay one. Um, <laughs> but uh, my first one, I think it will go into extras, but they're going to – Colonials are going to win this 5-4. to four. And the second one, I'm actually going to change my preview score, looking at it, uh, mulling over what I said. Uh, I'll actually have the Colonial sweep this one. They'll win the next one three nothing. I think. Yeah. Well, um, we'll take a look at the preseason poll real quick. Um, the softball preseason poll. So Army placed seventh. Green Bay was fin- placed tenth, and they just absolutely uh, mopped the floor in the first three games with RMU. So that's the big one. But they they went toe for toe with. Uh, so the two teams tied for fourth are Detroit Mercy and Oakland with sixty three points, and Detroit Mercy they hung with they. Won two of the four games, and they very well could have won all four if they actually put up some offense in the first game of both double headers. So now we'll head into the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Now the Golden Grizzlies have played to a seven and five record this season, and six and two in conference play. They uh, played. Um, they actually played Loyola Chicago, uh, Sweet Sixteen team. <laughs> uh, they got drubbed by them in the Purple and Gold Challenge. They only won one out of four games, knocking off Lipscomb in their final game of that. And so thus far this season, they took three of four from IUPUI, uh, at IUPUI, and then they took three of four from Northern Kentucky. Now, they will play uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne on Tuesday. Do the Horizon League as well. Yeah, coming over from the Summit League, uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne will take them on, and we'll see how they do. So though there will be a different record yeah. for this team, for both teams heading into this series, as we just mentioned, the Cleveland State, before they head to Moon to take on the Colonials. Now... Oakland, fin- like we said, finished uh, finished fourth, tied for fourth in the preseason poll. We'll take a look at their stats real quick. I mean, we just told you all the Colonial stats, but now we got to see, now we got to see the Golden Grizzly stats. If I can pull it up real quick, what are you looking forward to in just this this whole week of games, Colby? You know, uh, again, just seeing new opponents. Uh, the Horizon League is a new place for the Colonials. Uh, I'm very interested just to see. Uh, if they can pull it out again, uh, the interesting thing to see is uh, Oakland is 
probably one of the better teams they're going to face. Uh, best team this week they're going to face. Um, uh, yeah. The Golden, the Golden Grizzlies, technically speaking, do have a worse record on the road than, than they do at home. They're 4-2 and two on the road and 3-1 and at home. But, like, it's not that much of a difference. They're 6-2 and two in conference play, which is pretty good. Right, and this is going to be a very, very different uh, dogfight for the Colonials. Now, we said that it was top-heavy for Cleveland State, but Oakland has just yeah. been hitting really well yeah. this year. They're batting 277, but their opponents are batting 322 against them. So if the Colonials can get some offense going, maybe they can win this. Now, they're led by Lauren Griffith, who's batting 364 on the year. She's got no home runs, but she's driven in nine runs. And then, you know, their their power leaders are Madison Jones and Cami Brummy, both also batting over 300, uh, 310 and 326. Both have um, a trio of home runs in the season. So they've only hit seven home runs as a team. And six of them have come from Jones and Brummy. So these are the two players that are going to swat the home runs over the fence. Uh, they're going to be the, they're going to be the bomb squad for this team. So it's going to be it's going to be um, an important important to control their offensive flow. And another thing with Oakland, uh, Madison Jones, who you spoke of, she leads the team with stolen bases. She's five for five. So if she has like a single and it's late in the game and it's tied, they really got to focus on getting her out and not letting her steal bases. But you did speak about Oakland's pitching, and they're really top-heavy with pitching as well. Um, uh, first off, Emily Crass, I think is how you say it. Uh, she, she's she got a sick – like, they have three pitchers with an over-6 ERA. But you look at Chelsea Wiggins with a 1.08. Yeah. Gracie Hinkle, uh, 1.75. And Sydney Campbell with uh, Campbell <laughs> with a 2.28. So, like, they're, those three pitchers are fine. But once you don't, once you're facing the other three with it, very interesting to see their pitching staff. It's very, very different. Well, yeah, look at, I mean, Gracie Henkels is a bit of a misnomer because she's only pitched in one game. Yeah. Uh, but she started it. Now there's a lot, I'm thinking the two pitchers we're going to see in this series are likely Sidney Campbell. And then we're probably also going to see Lauren DeBono in the series. He's got a 781 ERA. They've both pitched the most. And then we'll probably see Chelsea Wiggins. Um, later, because they always get the, the, there's going to be three starters yeah. in the series. I think the first day it's going to be Vitekis and then probably Riggle, and the second day it'll probably be Vitekis again, and then they'll start Jane Garver. Same thing. It's probably going to be it's probably going to go Campbell and then DeBono and then Campbell and then somebody else. So probably just one of these other players that has started. It's just been it's going to be a tough tough test for this team, as you've seen. All these players can hit on this lineup, especially all the starters. All these starters are strong strong hitters. And it's going to be a good series. And they thoroughly wiped the floor with, um, <laughs> or in two games this season. They beat IUPUI in the last series, twelve to one, last game, and then they beat in a third to last, a third game of the series, nine to four, Northern Kentucky. So again, this is a team that Colonials, if they can hang with, they could probably win a couple of games out of this, maybe one or two. But I can't see them winning more than two in the series. Yeah, they're going to have to score early and often, which uh, if you do look at the score by innings, that's kind of just how it goes with Oakland. They give up like nine runs in the first four. They've given up 14 in the second. That's like the inning to strike if you are RMU. Get the runs there or the fourth. Those are their two like big innings where they give up a lot of runs. I just assume that's they're going to the bullpen and the pitcher just is nervous or just not prepared fully to go into that inning. But once they get later in the games, that's when you're in the game, later innings, that's where you're going to see Oakland uh, score a lot more runs. They tend to do that in the later innings of the game. And right, and that's the thing with softball is the pitchers, they can be absolutely dominating one day and then the next day they won't have it. Yeah. I mean, their arms can be tired. I mean, I think Dana Vitakis threw like a, or Vitakis <laughs> threw like a hundred or 400 pitches against Detroit Mercy. So 
Um, it's going to be an interesting f- uh, six games this yeah. week. It's a lot. It's a very heavy week. We'll probably be uh, one of us will probably be at all the yeah. games this week. They're they're a fun team to go watch and cover the games, even though it's you know it's they're usually in the afternoon <laughs> or I mean they play on Tuesday, so we may not even be able to get to the first game, which starts at two thirty. Yeah. yeah, first game is two thirty. It's two thirty and six, and once again two thirty and I think four uh, for Oakland. For both games, yeah, they've got. Uh, oh, it's, it's actually so they'll play it starting. The doubleheaders start yeah. at two thirty on Tuesday, and then it'll start half an hour after that game ends. Mm-hmm. And then Oakland, it'll be starting at two thirty on Friday and starting at noon on Saturday. So uh, a bit of a lunchtime lunchtime softball for you. But yeah, that's the outlook for this week, and um, I'm just looking forward. My players to watch for this for this one. I think this is the series that it's going to be Madison Riggle. It's going to be her that's going to take off against Oakland. She had a strong, um, strong series against Detroit Mercy, and then uh, I think for Oakland we got to look at you know the pitchers. You got to look at the ones that we just saw, the ones we just talked about, yeah. and uh, Chelsea Wiggins and Gracie Ankle. I think I think it's actually going to be Sydney Campbell that's going to be the tough one to cover, and then uh, Lauren Griffith can't can't discount what she's done <laughs> this year. Uh, my players to watch. Uh... For RMU, I'm going to say Faith Miller. She's been off to a strong start. She's got a batting average of 3.75, nice fielding percentage of 9.05, and a really nice 500 slugging percentage. And um, for the Golden Grizzlies, you talked about the pitchers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say Chelsea Wiggins. She's going to be tough for them. Four, four appearances. She's played pretty well in those uh, four, four appearances we've seen. And then if, if we're going to do a batter, I'm going to say. Madison Jones, just the power and the speed. That that's going to be a very tough tough out for the Colonials. That's right. So they've got six games this week. It's going to be fun to watch them. But that's all we've got here on the Liner to Left podcast for the first episode, the uh, the post Green Bay and the <laughs> pre Cleveland State and Oakland series for Tyler Gall or I'm Tyler Gallo and for Colby Sherwin. We will see you whenever we come back to record another episode of this. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you.